Sit in Friends in the Morning, live from Israel, 77 WABC. Led there by the great Phil Collins. I hope and is great. Mike Rutherford, all the guys. Land of confusion, which some would say would describe Israel. Pretty good these days. Uh, Congressman Anthony D'Esposito is about to call us. Find out what the latest is with uh, immigration reform. So we'll talk to Anthony coming up here momentarily. You know, one thing they said about Israel, and again, I'm only one day in. I had one dinner in Jerusalem last night. I had uh, one breakfast in Jerusalem this morning, and uh, a small lunch. So I haven't eaten a hell of a lot. And I'm eating less these days anyway because I'm on this uh, Danielle Rosenberg, not really a diet, but trying to stay uh, in shape. You know, not easy. I'm going to be 57. So um, the one thing I did notice was they love carbohydrates here. They love carbs, man. Every meal has hummus. Every meal. You could have Fruit Loops and hummus, tricks and hummus, and uh, olive oil. Oh, my God. They put olive oil on everything. So, well, uh, carbs. And, uh, but no one's really fat here in, uh, in Israel. A couple of guys. But most people are relatively slim. Yeah. But I notice a lot of carbs here. Yeah, there are a lot of carbs. I mean, uh, but there's also a lot of protein. A lot of protein, you know, yes. Every meal pretty much includes some sort of meat. Yes. Um, and, well, uh, I had chicken last night. Yeah. They did try to sell meat on me. You know, they have like a shawarma shop every yeah. 15 feet. Uh-huh. I'm not a huge shawarma guy. I like falafel, but I like shawarma, but I'm not a yeah. – are you a big shawarma guy? I'm a big shawarma guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I feel like your breast stinks afterwards. Yeah. Oh, like, like, like right now you had a tuna fish sandwich. You stink. Well, you have the same sandwich and you stink. I know, but no, I don't smell bad like you. Okay. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was nervous to have it. Like, I, I don't eat public uh, tuna fish in public because I'm afraid I have to talk to somebody afterwards. Right. It's going to smell. Right. But, you're just um, spitting the uh, the projectiles in my face. <laughs> instead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to be sitting next to me. Yeah. Nothing I can do about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But I am hungry, and we're going to eat an early dinner tonight so we can go to bed at a normal hour. Probably get uh, nine, ten hours of sleep and come back tomorrow because I know this. I looked at my itinerary up and through uh, through Saturday, and they've got me. Yehuda has me doing stuff all day, every day. You too. Yeah. A tour tomorrow. That's Dove Hikins Group. Tour Wednesday. One Israel Funds Group to the south on Friday to see the Kibbutz and the Nova Music Festival. Uh, dinners at night. Uh, Shabbos dinner with Alex Trayman on Friday night. So we are basically busy the next four days. So tonight may be the only real chance, you know, to get some sleep and, uh, you know, be a little calm. Yeah. 
But you're not doing that. You're going to your aunt's house. So. No, I'm not going to her house. We're going out to dinner in Tel Aviv. Oh, you oh, in Tel Aviv. Yeah. That's a 45-minute trip. It'll be fine. How are you getting there? Uh, she picked me up. Oh, she's picking and you up. And we're going to drive. And she's going to take you back. Exactly. Okay, it's not terrible. No. All right, we're going to talk to, uh, I believe, Yehuda's father coming up at some point this hour. And uh, Anthony D'Esposito as well, the number 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Big stories again today. Well, I guess the biggest one is the three Americans killed, not far from here. I told you guys this morning, I went to the Western Wall today and... First time, quite an experience, and prayed by the Wailing Wall. And uh, when you walk just to the right of that wall, you can see Jordan. You can see the mountains of Jordan, and that is exactly where those three Americans were killed just yesterday. Uh, obviously, uh, Iran proxy, uh, Iraq, Syria, all these uh, countries involved. And now we wait to see what the U.S. does. You know, Biden promised a swift repercussion, but... My God, I mean, is there anything less intimidating than a threat from Joe Biden? I mean, all kidding aside, Lou, can you think of anything less intimidating than a threat from Joe Biden? Let me tell you something, Jack. We're going, we're coming at Jack. Where where are we? I, uh, yeah, Jack. uh, That's basically it. Yeah, that's basically it. He's going to hurt you. I like uh, chocolate pudding. uh, (laughs) Now, on the other hand, my guy Trump, who is in uh, Vegas, and uh, that's where Steve Bannon is. That's why he's calling in next Monday. He was uh, on fire once again. He kept talking about freedoms. They're taking my freedom because they want yours. And he's right about that. Let's play this, in fact, before Anthony Desposito comes on. This is Trump in Nevada over the weekend. He's got Nevada. And then he's about three weeks away from clobbering Nikki Haley. I mean clobbering Haley. He'll beat her by 35 to 40 points in our own state of South Carolina. Then maybe that biatch will shut up and go away. This is a Trump in Nevada, Lewis, cut number two. Never forget our enemies want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. Never, ever. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. That's what they want to do. That's the game they play. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. I just happen to be standing in the way. Here I am. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Had a good time. So the biggest problem in our nation today is not uh, how we treat transgenders. It's not white supremacy, which doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. I got a lot more examples of African-American kids beating up Asians and Jews in New York every single day. It's none of that. It's the border. We've been over this a million times. I'll talk to Desposito coming up momentarily about immigration reform. That's what Democrats do because they refuse to accept responsibility for ruining it. Donald Trump did a great job. He had remained in Mexico. That was big. Yes, he did add Title 42 because of COVID. But before COVID, they were not coming into this country. I've said this, and I'll say it again. I did a show with Bernard, God rest his soul, for four years. I never said the word migrant once. Not once when Trump was president. Now it's every day. Every day. Don't tell me it's immigration reform. I'm not stupid. Joe Biden unraveled everything Donald Trump did well to secure the border. Him, Mayorkas, and that moron vice president, Kamala Harris. Doesn't need a bill to, rescore, to, to secure the border. Doesn't need any of that, which Trump made very clear in Nevada this weekend. Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number five. 
The fact is that if Joe Biden truly wanted to secure the border, he doesn't really need a bill. I didn't need a bill. I did it without a bill. I did it with the current laws. I used Border Patrol. I didn't have a bill. I didn't need lots of different things. It's not that complicated. You say, I don't want the people coming in. They say, yes, sir. Really that easy. So, but they're still breaking the balls of all these Congress folks with immigration reform. And while uh, we want uh, the money, and this is going to fall on Johnson and these folks, to go to America and, of course, some to Israel. I'm sick of giving money to Ukraine. Uh, Let's see what happens next. So with that said, here he is, as he said, as he said when he cut that really nice Instagram video last night, congratulating me on my trip to Israel. I am Sid's favorite congressman, Anthony D'Esposito out of Long Island. Good morning, Anthony. What's up, Sid? How are you? How's uh, how's Israel? It's amazing. I've only been here for one day, but I did the the Western slash Welling Wall this morning, and that was emotional enough for a month, let alone one day. And people are amazing, and they're great. And, you know, look, uh, they're very appreciative that I've come. I can't tell you how they really are almost in tears over the fact that I came here, but they're angry. Uh, they're very angry with the American government, with the with the with the back talk, the double talk out of Joe Biden, who claims he's there for Israel but funds Iran, and they're starting to feel like no one in the world cares about them except for them. That's how they feel, and hard to argue that, Anthony. Absolutely, that's one hundred percent right. And uh, you know, we, we've seen over and over again that the decisions, or I should say, really the lack of decisions that are being made by the administration, are completely indicative of what we're dealing with at the southern border. And uh, like the 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 uh, piece that you just played, uh, where President Trump mentioned that he didn't need bills, and, and that's really the case in this situation. If President Biden wanted to secure our border, he could. But the fact is that he's left this in the hands of uh, someone who's completely been derelict in his duties and, and I would argue uh, has completely turned his back on this country. And that's why uh, the House of Representatives and the uh, the Homeland Security Committee led by the Republicans uh, tomorrow is going to begin marking up a bill to impeach him. Yeah, and I'm happy about that. I mean, look, I still the buck still falls with Biden for me. Mayorkas is just a player for Biden. If Biden wants to secure the border, it wouldn't matter what Mayorkas wanted to do. So to me, it all goes back to Biden. And I don't want Biden to be impeached. I want him to go away. Just go away and do the world a favor. But I'm okay with starting with impeaching Mayorkas. And I've heard him time and time again go back and forth. I've heard him say the border is secure. Then I've heard him say the border is an issue. What is Mayorkas saying lately about the border? What's his new story? Well, he's not saying much. What he's doing is uh, he's letting the uh, you know the Senate, who, who now wants to have some sort of negotiation, uh, you know, after uh, we sent the secure the, the secure the border act HR two over to the Senate uh, probably two hundred and fifty two hundred and sixty days ago. Uh, I would argue it was one of the most comprehensive border bills, border security, to secure this country uh, that we've seen in a long time. And it's been collecting dust like much other legislation over on Schumer's desk. And now you have, because uh, as we both know, uh, Biden's uh, approval rating and poll numbers, even in places where he was successful in 2020, uh, his poll numbers are in the dumpster. And that dumpster is about to go on fire. And now they want to have a negotiation. And and their negotiation, which is insane, uh, is, well, uh, how about we only allow 1.8 million uh, people into the country a year. I mean, that, that's, your, that's what you want to bargain with. Uh, I think what we need to do is, is, is 
get rid of Mayorkas, which is what we're going to start tomorrow. But like you said, this is a Biden issue. It's a Biden policy. Uh, he's choosing not to enforce the laws that are in place. He's literally handcuffing uh, the, the Border Patrol agents that are along our southern border, not allowing them to do their job. And it needs to change. That's the only way we're going to make this country more safe and secure our border. Well said, Anthony D'Esposito, and he may be right, my favorite congressman. He's right there. Nancy Mason's a good buddy of mine, too. She was on last week, and I told her, I said, you know, I get Steve Bannon on the show every Monday. He begged out today because he's in Vegas, but, you know, just uh, two Mondays ago, he was ripping Johnson. He was not happy. It sounded like he was talking about Kevin McCarthy again because he didn't seem to think that Johnson had the coyotes, the bulls, if you will, to get this uh, deal done where they get uh, the money for the border. That's it, you know, and and uh, Nancy Mace didn't necessarily disagree. She certainly likes Johnson more than McCarthy, but she didn't seem confident that people like Bannon would get uh, exactly what they want. What are your thoughts on Bannon's stance on Johnson? I don't think that, uh, unfortunately, in, in this world of uh, of government and politics, politics, and especially uh, in the House of Representatives, where we're uh, where we're, we're, operating with a very slim majority, I don't think everyone gets everything that they want. But I am confident in uh, Speaker Johnson's leadership. Uh, we've been, as New Yorkers, have been talking to him over the last few days about issues that are uh, very important in New York, in addition to, to stuff that, uh, you know, with regards to the border. Um, I know that he's working hard. He's doing his best. He's also out there uh, raising money so that we can uh, not only win seats, but grow our majority, which we so desperately need. Uh, so I have faith in, in Speaker Johnson. I know that he's working as hard as he can. He's a smart guy. He knows uh, he knows the game. Um, and I really, truly believe that he has the best interest of this country in his heart. You mentioned the fact that he's working on stuff from New York. And uh, I remember I yelled at you on the radio. I yelled at Nancy, too, when, when uh, Newt Ginwich put us one of the uh, traitor eight after the house at McCarthy. And then I yelled at you because you didn't vote Jim Jordan. And you said, well, Sid, Jim Jordan is not doing for Long Island what we need so when you say Johnson is doing for New York, I have to imagine he's doing what Jim Jordan wouldn't do. And what are some of those things specifically? Well, I mean, first, we, we already saw that uh, he made it a priority uh, about the 9-11 health care bill. It was something that, uh, you know, wasn't really on the radar. And uh, he, we told him that it was very important to us on Long Island and in New York. And as part of the NDAA, we were able to secure uh, funding to bring that number up to being fully funded. So that's, uh, you know, that's one promise made and promise kept by, uh, by Speaker Johnson. Now we're in the process of working on uh, trying to get some sort of base hit in, the, uh, in restoring some sort of salt deduction uh, back to these heavily taxed states, especially, obviously, New York, and, and provide some relief to taxpayers. We're working on, on flood insurance, national flood insurance. And again, when it comes to the politics, I mean, he's going to be in town this week, uh, you know, campaigning with, uh, with Mozzie Pillip, who's, uh, I think is going to have a great victory on February 13th. We had a, a big rally for her, uh, on Saturday. Peter King was there, members of the New York delegation, Nicole Maliotakis, Lolota, Garbarino, Molinaro, Lawler. Um, we had probably six, seven hundred people in the room. We were out there knocking doors, sending text messages. She's raising money. Um, and I think uh, Swazi, he just keeps showing signs of desperation. I mean, literally following her to press conferences. Uh, it's, it's not the, uh, the person that we want representing us. And I'm looking forward uh, to welcoming Mozzie to Washington, D.C. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I am too, but the reality is is that she can lose, and uh, I'm not even sure she's a favorite at this point. She's run a great campaign. She's an impressive lady. I'm not going to keep going over the fact she's a registered Democrat. That's getting boring already, but it is going to hurt her. That's going to hurt her. I'm telling you right now. I know people are in Nassau County not going to vote 
Not going to vote for him, obviously, but not going to vote because she's still a Democrat, but it's a Democrat. So I believe that's going to hurt her. She may lose because of that. So and, and let's. That's why. That's why we're out there doing doing the things that we are. That's why. Well, we're they don't care. That's why they don't care. They don't care. Point out. The, that she's yeah. had a voting record in the county legislature voting 100% of the time with Republicans. They don't care. They don't care. I'm, I'm with you. Believe me, I love her. I think she's a great choice, and I'm with you. But I'm, And, again, it's just people I speak to, they don't care how many doors you knock on, what you say, what Pete King says, what Joe Cairo says. As far as they're concerned, she's a Democrat. But that's fine. Let's move away from that, and let's talk about the worst-case scenario, because you're laughing, because you know I'm right. If she loses, <laughs> left again, I must be really right. If she loses, God forbid, then what are we looking at, Anthony? Because they redistricted all these other areas, so Mark Molinaro may be, may be in trouble. I mean, you may be in trouble. So what are we looking at if Pillip loses? I mean, we'll see. Listen, we're, we're, like we said a few minutes ago, we're operating with a slim majority. Uh, the, the facts are we're going to see what the, Nest, the, the New York uh, Democrats do to redistricting. I mean, uh, we saw a couple of years ago where they went way too far. They gerrymandered districts. They lost a lawsuit. That's what led to the redistricting in the 2022 election. Um, we'll see how far they take it this time and how disingenuous they try to be. Uh, and, you know, obviously I don't think we're going to have an answer on what the maps look like until after the February 13th. Uh, special election, and then we'll be able to sit down, strategize, and get a good understanding. And, you know, between the leadership in the state and, of course, the leadership on Long Island, between Chairman Garcia and Chairman Cairo, uh, we'll come up with a winning strategy, and we'll do our best to uh, to maintain the seats that we have and keep uh, moving forward with, with Republican governance. On the way out, Anthony, you're always terrific, and I appreciate it. You're at the airport. Are you going to D.C.? Where are you going? Yeah, I'm heading back to D.C. Okay, great. So uh, in the next uh, the 30 to 60 seconds, tell me, putting the money for the border aside, which most of us believe uh, should be your top priority, Israel, Ukraine. I wanted to go to Israel. I'm sick of giving money to Ukraine. I have yeah. no idea where that money went, hundreds of billions of dollars. Only God knows. Maybe Zelensky's got a new condo in Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. Tell me what the, what the deal is between the money between Israel and Ukraine. So right now, I actually I spoke uh, on Saturday night at Shabbos uh, at the Young Israel of West Hempstead. Uh, they they knew that I was uh, speaking there, so someone earlier in the day called in a bomb threat. But thankfully, uh, Commissioner Ryder, County Executive Blake, and they were all over at the Nassau County Police Department, did a great job, spoke there. And uh, I mentioned uh, that I think the, the best and uh, most important thing that we can be doing moving forward in the immediate is to have that standalone bill to fund Israel. Uh, they are our greatest allies. We need to continue to provide all the resources that they need uh, in order to eradicate Hamas from this planet. Um, and, and that's, I think, what's, uh, what the priority is. I mean, I represent one of the largest Jewish districts probably in the country, but that's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying it because it's important for, for humanity, it's important for democracy, and it's important for both of our countries. Uh, so that's what I'm going to continue to push for. And listen, uh, I'm, I will be going on my fourth trip to Israel very shortly. It is uh, a life-changing wow. experience. So take it all in. Um, you're allowed to shed tears, even though you're a big, strong, tough guy. You're allowed to <laughs> shed some tears. Um, but I mean it. Uh, take it in because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a life-changing experience. It really has been uh, just one day for me, and uh, I've already seen exactly what you're talking about. Thank you for that wonderful video. Thank you again for another great appearance this morning. Travel safely, uh, safely to D.C., Anthony. You're terrific, buddy. I really love you. Thank you so much. Sid, stay safe. Toda.
my man. All right, there he is, Anthony D'Esposito, uh, of course, congressman out of Long Island, terrific congressman, on his way to Washington, D.C. All right, lots more to do, not nearly done, till Brian Kilmeade comes your way in about 35 minutes. We may hear from famed defense attorney Arthur Idala, may hear from Yuda Honigman's dad, or who knows what. Sid, live from Israel, I'm coming back. Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. Live from Israel. WABC. Thirty-two here in Israel, which means, of course, it's nine thirty-two back home. The messages I can't even respond to. The messages are coming in so fast and furious between WhatsApp and these other social media sites. So just know that I've seen every one of them. Heshi Organbaum, who left us a wonderful recording we played earlier today, and has a couple of spots running for two of his sons. Beautiful message. And uh, Jeffrey Dieres, I love this kid. He, um, he's he been a fan of me and me and Bernie in my FAN days for a long time. I mean, a long time. And he is uh, loving the show, says we sound crystal clear. His grandma is a Holocaust survivor. Mike Sullivan telling me former Syracuse star Jason Cipolla, whose uh, son plays in the St. Francis Summer Basketball League with my son Gabriel, Tells me uh, Sepulveda's brother is a Jew that lives in Israel. He may call in at some point this week. And, again, I don't leave anybody out because the messages have been coming in all day long. But it does warm my heart to know that you guys um, appreciate this, just like so many folks on the ground here do. I, I almost wish that John Katsimatidis and Margot and Chad and the folks at home, who, of course, gave us our blessings to make this happen, can see this. I don't think they have any idea. I really don't. They're smart people. But I don't think they have any idea the impact that we are making this week, both at home and abroad. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. So remember, Sid cares, New York cares, America cares, and WABC cares. Just remember that. Uh, Susan Spivak also checking in, a uh, very, very good friend of mine. From upstate New York, my next-door neighbor with her sisters, Cheryl and Hindi, and her beautiful parents, Shelly and Sheila. Talking about parents, uh, the gentleman that really made this trip a go, he did all the real hard legwork, Yehuda Honigman, who picked me up all the way at the airport in Tel Aviv last night, 
and uh, took me out for dinner in Jerusalem with his buddies last night. Met me early this morning to take me to the wall and made sure I had a lift here to the studios today. He's just been, he's been terrific. His father, you know, I met his father, Justin, in shul when I went to um, Dove Hike in shul and Rabbi Bloomstein celebrated me that day. I spoke at the Kaddush. We had a beautiful lunch that afternoon. And I met his father, I believe, Stuart, for a couple of minutes. And he's on the line right now. He may be here. I'm not sure. Stuart Honickman, how are you, buddy? You, and welcome to the promised land. I am not in the Holy Land right now. I am actually in New York City. Um, but I did want to call in and just say a couple of words to you. That, you know, you've been mentioning my son, and you can only begin to imagine the, um, the pride that I have about my son. But I'm going to tell you something more important. The pride that your father has, looking down, guarding you and guiding you in this unbelievable journey, I truly believe that your father made a deal with Hashem and handpicked you to become the unfiltered voice of the Jewish people at this critical time. And it's really been an honor. I've been following you for years and watching the trajectory of your journey and your career and the success has only brought you to this place where your voice now and the people that you surround yourself with on behalf of the Jewish people is really very, very commendable, and I'm so proud of you. Oh, my God. I, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate those words, uh, Stuart. I do. I do. I do love your son. I'm glad you're proud of him. You should be. He's a wonderful man, terrific husband, and a great father. And, you know, look, every time my dad gets mentioned, and he's gone now. He's gone now uh, three years. You know, yes, so, um, yes. I thought I thought I thought I would get to the point where, at the very least, I would stop crying. You know, I'm, I'm, again, uh, there's a reason why they call me the John Boehner of radio, but I, <laughs> but but I just can't. And and when you say what you said just now, it um, and my mom is great. She's alive, and we're very very close. And Naomi, you know, you guys love her. And I've got great sisters and brother-in-laws, terrific friends, and tremendous co-workers. And my bosses are all like family. But my um. I do miss my dad, so thank you for saying that. Thank you. And it's not, a, it's not only that you miss him, but every step you're taking, he's literally with you, guarding you and guiding you in this unbelievable journey on behalf of our Jewish people. And um, the only thing that I could really express is the more you express your gratitude to, to Hashem, to your father, and to all the people that have assisted you in this unbelievable journey, the more success that you're going to have. And um, it's it's truly a, a blessing to to watch it unfold before our eyes. Um, so that's really pretty much what I wanted to say. Although I will say something else. 2005, I used to take my kids to rallies and protests against ripping the Jews out of Gush Katif, which was Gaza. There was 8,000 families living there. And um, that all would have not been for vain if we would have stood up and had a voice like yours to rally us no. together. Stuart Honickman, I love you. I love you. I love your whole family, Yehuda, your whole family. This is a beautiful phone call, perfect uh, by the end of today's show. I mean, perfect. You couldn't have scripted this any better, so thank you for that, and uh, hopefully I, I will see you very, very soon, and God bless you. Thank you, Stuart uh, Honickman. Amen. Take care. Amen. amen. Thank you. And Sid, listen, of course. enjoy every minute and bless your children and literally enjoy, this is your homeland. This is your homeland. Enjoy every minute of it. Thank you, Stuart. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, Lou, Lou, you remember on Friday when you played Chris Daughtry home 
And I told that story that I was uh, longing to get back to New York after being basically excommunicated to Boca Raton for 11 years. And it didn't matter what I did on radio. I couldn't get back. I couldn't get back to New York despite my best efforts. I did some really good shows over those years. They were all sports shows. This was before WABC and Bernard. This was, you know, folks like Mark Malusis and Kim Jones and those types of folks. I couldn't get back. And I was in the, uh, the bus and... In fact, I remember what it was. It was not that I left WABC. I had just left uh, Don Buckwald's office, Howard Stern's agent, because for some reason I thought Don Buckwald can help me. And he was very nice to me, but couldn't really help me. And that song Chris Daughtry played home, and we played that Lou to start the show on Friday, and, and I said it was about New York, not about Israel. And I got a whole bunch of people text me and say, wrong, it is about Israel. You may live in New York, but you're going home. And um, I feel that way today. So, Stuart, thank you very much for that. My dad thanks you for that. That'll bring us to a, uh, a short break. Still about 20 minutes to go before Brian Kilmeade comes your way, folks. I promise you the next three days, much like today, promises to be very emotional, very informative. And we have some amazing guests, amazing guests, not just about Israel. Anything going on in the country today, we've got you covered. So the Monday edition rolls on nearer to a close. Sitting friends in the morning, live from Jerusalem. Oh, oh, baby. That's just the way it is, baby. Seventy-seven WABC. Oh, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. For my friends. Seventy-seven WABC. Staring out into the night Trying to hide the pain I'm going to the place where love And feeling good don't ever cost a thing In the pain you feel's a different kind of pain Daughtry, home, there it is. And I am home, folks. Whether I'm in Bell Harbor, in Queens, whether I'm on 49th and 3rd in our palatial studios from Midtown Manhattan, or where I am right now, sitting across from Justin in a place called Talpiat, Jerusalem. I am home. I'm, um, <laughs> I tell you, man, I am 
I'm taking, um, not taking it back. That's the wrong use of verbiage. But I'm just, um, I was just kind of looking over some of the social media today, you know. And again, you can follow me on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. And um, I don't know if folks tend to exaggerate, if, if they're hoping that if they write something nice enough, I'll mention them on this huge show. I don't know, but it is uh, pretty amazing, the reception, and it makes you feel like a million bucks that we've done this. And we've got a lot to do the next three days, me, Justin, my family, Yehuda, and the whole crew, a lot more to see. I mean, if you think about it, folks, there's a very small area here in Jerusalem, not between Jesus and the Jews. It's the history of the world. The history of the world is right here. And I'm a pretty inquisitive guy. You know, I, I'm always trying to get smarter. I'm always trying to, to learn more. I've never considered myself necessarily the smartest man in the room. I've got the best radio instincts maybe in 50 years. But I'm not the smartest guy in the room. So I walk around like I did for the better part of three hours this morning with my mouth open, you know. And I guess if you've never been to New York City, you know, I, I take the ferry home every day. So you guys know my schedule. I take the 6th train from 51st Street. I take that to 42nd Street in Grand Central where I catch the four or the five. If I have work to do uh, on the Upper East Side, Upper West Side, I'll take the two or the three. Either way, they all go express to Wall Street. And then I've got to make that walk from Wall Street to the ferry, which is right down by South Street. And uh, actually a little uh, a little uh, north of South Street. And uh, uh, south, south of South Street. And, and I walk past the New York Stock Exchange, and I walk past that beautiful church, and, of course, 40 Wall Street, and there are people out there with phones and taking pictures, and their mouths are wide open. Their mouths are wide open. I'm like, what, 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 you know? For me, it's no big deal. I see the same fat homeless lady laying in her own piss every day. She's right there, right across from the New York Stock Exchange. And then uh, I come to the realization that, yeah, it is, it is kind of cool, you know, with all the issues we've got in New York City, and there are plenty they're all plenty. I know Eric Adams plays it up like things are going well. They're not. They're not. That's why a guy like Andrew Cuomo has a really, really good chance of winning. And I don't know this for a fact. I really don't. I swear to you. But um, I believe that Cuomo is going to run. And if Cuomo ran against Adams today, he wouldn't win. He would bludgeon Eric Adams. He'd bludgeon him. All you folks that hate Cuomo for a variety of reasons, a variety of reasons, he would win going away. It wouldn't be close. We've got a ton of issues. ton. But if you've never been there and you walk around the city, it's pretty unbelievable. And I guess I come here, it's the same thing. I've never been here. you know. And the history is just overwhelming. Temples, you know, buildings that I've seen today that are aged anywhere from two to 3,000 years. Think about that. Two to 3,000 years. The lives. You know, my mom said something on this show on Friday, Naomi. And it struck me. We were talking about my father, as we do often on this show. And she said, um, you know, Daddy's with you every step of the way. And I said, I believe that. I, I can't help but think a lot of the success I've had over the last year is a direct result of Daddy pulling some string somewhere. I just choose to believe that. 
And she goes, yeah, there's no way that man was on this earth basically for 91 years, and then you just go away. When it's over, it's over. And I thought about that all weekend long, even on the 10-hour plane ride on the way here. It can't just be over. You can't be here for 70, 80, 90 years, touch so many people, do so many things, and then just disappear. You can't, you know. And so when I look at my Instagram feed moments ago or my Facebook feed moments ago, how I started this segment, and I see some of the things that you folks are saying out there today and in the past, it makes me feel like, at least up to this point, if God's good to me, I'll be 57 in April. I'm making some some type of a difference. And uh, that makes me happy. Now, with that said, this is not good news. This has just been given to me by Jason, by Justin. This is the second time I've called you Jason. Uh, and it reads like this. Air raid sirens sound in Tel Aviv for the first time in more than a month. We just talked about this yesterday when I landed at the airport in Tel Aviv. You did too this morning with my family, my wife and my son, how it's been about four to six weeks since there's been any real danger in places like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Now we had a man try to kill somebody with an axe in Haifa earlier today, and now you got this sirens in Tel Aviv, and it's just a constant reminder, this thing is not over, folks. It is not over yet. We'll come back and wrap up this show, which will be over in a couple of minutes, Monday in Jerusalem, with some um, scary news. I'll come back right after this. Give me another try. Friends in the morning, live from Israel. WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, folks. That is true. There is um there has been a rocket attack in Tel Aviv moments ago. The sirens are going off. In fact, uh, Justin's family, his cousins as we speak, are in a bomb shelter. I was in Tel Aviv last night. Justin going back there tonight to meet his aunt and uncle for dinner. But right now they are in an active issue. And those are the types of things that people in this country deal with every day. And we are done for today. But uh, certainly if anything else happens, you'll hear about it on the news later on tonight. And I will bring it your way first thing tomorrow. Dougie Kisler, thank you so much. Simon and Nina. Thank you so much. Uh, my friend up there in Bethel Woods, Susan Otto, thank you so much. Anthony at the garage, thank you so much. If I leave anybody out, I really apologize. Again, the response has been overwhelming. We want to thank everybody for sticking with us this morning. We have three more great shows coming your way from Jerusalem the rest of the week up until Friday. So for Lewis, who was amazing today, Rich Rodabelli, of course, Noam Layden. Me and Justin right here in Jerusalem, Alex Trayman, JNS Studios, Yehuda Hanekman, and everybody listening around the world. Stay safe. 
Until tomorrow at 6, from all of us to all of you, peace! Stay down.